Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. So I really kind of debated on what to do tonight because I didn't want to just come in and just um, jump off from right where we had left off. Um, so I, I think the best thing to do tonight is I just want to take just a, a little bit tonight to, to kind of review uh, a little bit on, on where we've been and uh, because we're moving into uh, chapter 5 and chapter 5 is kind of a, a pivotal point uh, in the book of Revelation. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a chapter where uh, it's a transitional, I should have used that word, it's a transitional uh, point uh, for the book. Uh, we transition from one thing into something else, and, and we see that <clears throat> chapter 5 is, is uh, immediately, uh, or in chapter 5 is where we see uh, the, the tribulation begin, and so I want to, there's some things that uh, I was so excited about uh, to share uh, several weeks ago and, and before all this happened, so I, I want to get back because I don't want to miss that because I really felt that it was a word from God, and so I don't want to miss that, and uh, so I, I want to make sure that we cover that. So tonight, what I'd like to do is, is uh, just kind of review a little bit about what we've talked about uh, and and kind of help you uh, hopefully kind of be able to put uh, the book uh, of the revelation of Jesus Christ in in the right perspective or a, per, a perspective that you can remember it and understand it um, and it won't be something that uh, kind of uh, you kind of shy away from because you, you can't understand it or can't grasp it. So anyway, I think that's what we'll do tonight, <clears throat> and uh, and then we'll we'll get kicked off on on the rest of it, and I'll share that with you. But right now, let's let's open up with prayer, and I, I want us to just take just a few minutes tonight and just spend a little time uh, praying um, several needs. Uh, Several people that uh, are sick tonight. Uh, I know uh, Pastor Tammy's sister, Kim. We need to to uh, remember her. She's been diagnosed with, uh, <clears throat> I think it's breast cancer. So we want to pray for Kim. Also, uh, we need you to pray for uh, John Brown, my sister Naomi's husband. John and Naomi were here uh, several months ago. Or a year or so ago, and John preached, uh, but John's uh, looking at uh, having to go through uh, bypass surgery uh, Wednesday of next week. Uh, he's uh, They found some major issues with his heart, so he's looking at, at uh, a major uh, bypass surgery, so I want to pray for them, and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that... Uh, any of you got any other needs? Uh, 
tough time. Who is that? Genesis. <clears throat> this Diane? Diane Johnson's brother. Anybody else? <clears throat> yes. Yes, pray for our nation. All right. All right, we'll uh we'll pray here in just a few minutes over all those needs. Uh also wanna uh Thank you, everybody, all the guys, Brother Tad, Brother Tommy, uh, Brother Blake that stood in for us and uh, delivered the word. Been hearing a lot of compliments about it. So uh, I don't feel bad about taking a vacation now. So, But, uh, but I do appreciate them. All right. <clears throat> so as we, as we go back... Uh, to uh, the book uh, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, let's, let's kind of review just a little bit. And uh, we can, you know, the thing, and, and I'm discovering every time, I, every time I open the Bible and begin to read the book of Revelation, I'm discovering things that I've not seen before. But one of the big things that I'm discovering is that it's not as hard to grasp as we we think it is sometimes. It's not uh, such a uh, uh, book that, that's so hard to grasp. Uh, 
if, if you uh, just take the word for what the word says uh, and don't try to add a lot to it, don't try to uh, put things in it that doesn't belong there. And one of, one of the, the ways uh, that simplifies the book, and, and I believe it, it's divinely inspired, uh, is found in uh, Revelation chapter 1, the first chapter of the book, and verse 19, it is the red letters of Jesus Christ. He spoke these words to uh, John as he uh, penned down this vision or this revelation. <clears throat> and Jesus said to John, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And we've talked about this before, uh, but again, repetition, I'm, I'm learning more and more that repetition is not always bad. Uh, repetition helps us to gain understanding, it helps us to retain uh, what we hear. The things that Jesus said to John, write the things which thou hast seen, uh, pertain to Revelation chapter 1, where John had the vision of the resurrected Christ. Uh, and the things which are pertain to Revelation chapters 2 and 3, uh, where we see Christ walking in the midst of the seven churches, uh, bringing correction and direction to the churches. Now, what did we talk about the churches? What did the churches represent? Ages. The church represent uh, ages and uh, our, our time periods. And uh, that's not necessarily that you can look at the first church and say, well, that period ended here and then this church. Or we can look at all seven churches and gain uh, wisdom, gain insight and foresight and understanding from all seven churches. But if you go back and look, as we did just briefly, uh, down through history, you'll see where the churches uh, represent uh, the ages or the church age. Uh, and we talked about how that Laodicea uh, being uh, the church age that we're in now. We're in the age of the Laodicean church, uh, which is neither cold nor hot. And so uh, that uh, the things which are is represented there in Revelation chapter 2 and uh, through 3. That's where we are today. We're still in the church age. We're still in what is considered the church age. The reason being is that the church is still on earth. The church is still operational. Uh, it doesn't matter what's going on in our world. doesn't matter what's going on in our culture. doesn't matter uh, trial. It doesn't matter struggle or whatever. The church is still operational. And, and uh, one of the things that God has <clears throat> really dealt with me very strongly on is, is understanding the mission of the church in the hour that we're living in. And 
that uh, we have got to transition from a uh, entitlement mentality, and we've got to move into this understanding that we are the light of the world, that we are the salt of the earth, that we are the city that's been set on a hill to to uh, to bring light to the world. Uh, and, and most churches today, and I do this a lot, I'll just kind of surf uh, sites and surf uh, uh, ministry sites just to kind of hear <clears throat> what other uh, pastors are saying. And uh, 80% probably of the messages that, that you hear are messages that pertain to what God is going to do for you and how you can be blessed and how you can uh, walk in the blessing uh, of God and, and uh, enjoy the abundance of God and all of that. And, and I'm not condemning, but I'm just saying that the direction that God has been dealing with me on is that we need to come back to a place of repentance and brokenness before God. We want to see God heal. We want to see him restore our land. Uh, the road of restoration and the road of healing is repentance. And so that's where God has, has been leading me. It, and, I, and I was talking with uh, Pastor uh, Trevor Daughtry today uh, on the phone, and we were talking about it, and and uh, we were sharing, and, and it was, it was uh, neat because he was saying, you know what, God has, God has been dealing with me in that same area. And, and he said, but you know, it's not popular. And I said, you're absolutely right. It's not popular because uh, we're in a spoiled generation of people. And so, uh, <clears throat> so we are in the church age today. So my my thing today is, since we are still in the church age, let's make the best of the age that we can possibly make it. And, uh, and then uh, Jesus said to John, he said, in the things that which shall be hereafter. Uh, and, of course, that is talking about... Uh, in chapters beginning in chapter 4 and going all the way through to chapter 22 are the things uh, which shall be hereafter. Uh, in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 4 and verse 1, we see this again. And, and these are some of the, the clues or some of the, the, the statements that we can see where I was talking about when you when you begin to read the book of Revelation, you'll see how it flows uh, together. Uh, that and in Revelation one, when Jesus said, "Write the things uh, that shall which shall be hereafter," then you don't see that mentioned anymore until you get to chapter four and verse one. And John said this. After this, I looked. And behold, a door was opened in heaven, 
And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up here, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. All right? So we've already, uh, we've already seen the things which, were, which are, which was John's vision of Christ walking in the church, walking in a, uh, uh, the midst of the seven churches, and then the things which are, are the things which he's seen, and then the things which are was Christ bringing correction and direction throughout the church age, not just to the seven churches uh, in this book, but Christ is the head of the church. Isn't that right? So Christ, being the head of the church, brings instruction, direction, and correction through his word throughout the church age. And then we see him tell John uh, that he wants to, uh, to show him the things which shall be hereafter, and we see that in Revelation chapter 4, uh, where Jesus said, Come up here. And I will show you things which must be hereafter. And we're going to come back to that in just a few minutes. <clears throat> and so what I want to do now is I want to kind of, kind of go through uh, a chronological flow of the book of Revelation. And this will really help us to understand and kind of follow along uh, with the book of Revelation. And I'm going to kind of be redundant on what I've already said, but you just have to bear with me. Uh, in chapter 1, uh, we see uh, Jesus. We see the vision of Christ, uh, the resurrected Lamb of God in his uh, glorified body. And we see him walking in the midst of the church as the atoning high priest of the church. He is no longer uh, walking on the streets of the city of Jerusalem or, or the seashore of Galilee but now John gets this vision of Christ in Revelation 1 of Jesus in his glorified body uh, working and walking in the midst of his churches. Then we move to chapters 2 and 3. And as we've talked about, we have the church history and how Christ is working and how he's moving in the church. Jesus is the head of the church. He always has been and he always will be the head of the church. Contrary to many people, uh, there is, he is not only the head of the church, but he is the way to heaven. He is not one way to heaven among many, but he is the only way uh, to heaven. And then, as we move out of chapters 2 and 3, we move into chapter 4 and 5, and we see where the scene changes. It's no longer about what's going on on earth. Now the scene is taking place. The action, so to speak, is taking place in heaven. Uh, in chapter 4, uh, we see where the rapture has happened. Uh, go back to uh, verse 1 that I just talked about a little bit ago when Jesus said to John, or John said, I looked 
and behold, a door was opened in heaven. Uh, that, was, that door represents an entry. Jesus said, I am the door. Uh, and, and the only way to the Father is if he comes through me as the door. So the door in heaven was opened in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. And then uh, John said, when the, when the door was opened, he said, I, uh, the first voice which I heard was as a trumpet talking with me, and it said, come up hither. Come up hither. And, uh, and what I believe is that that is where the rapture of the church takes place. The church age ends at chapter 4. Why? Because the church is no longer on the earth. <clears throat> All right? The church age is ended, uh, and, and the church is called up into heaven. And, and I believe that what John saw was a picture of the body of Christ being raptured uh, and, and being taken up into heaven. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Uh, that is a pre-tribulation or pre-trib rapture of the church. Now, there are several different ideas there that we talked about. Some believe that in, in the mid-trib rapture where uh, the church is going to experience the first three or three and a half years of tribulation, and in the middle of the tribulation, the church is going to be raptured. Uh, and others believe that the church is going to go through the, the entire seven years of tribulation. But hopefully as we begin to study this, and I'll be honest with you, uh, before I begin to study and really dig into this, I was, was leaning more to mid-trib. And I'm going to share more about that later, but I lean more to a mid-trib uh, uh, rapture of the church. But as I begin to study it, I begin to realize that if you... If you follow what Jesus said in John Revelation 1, verse 19, things which have been or which you've seen, things which are and things which shall be hereafter, <clears throat> if you follow that, that outline, it will take you and lead you to understand uh, in the idea of a pre-trib rapture. Uh, one of the other things that I want to share with you uh, about a pre-tree of rapture uh, that, that perhaps you might have heard, you might not have heard. Uh, I know you haven't heard me say it, <clears throat> but as I was looking at this and, and, and studying on this, God began to deal with me about this idea of the pre-tribulation rapture. And if we really believe, if, if I stand tonight, which I am, I'm standing tonight and say and telling you, I believe that the church is going to be caught away. I believe that, that the body of Christ is going to be caught away uh, before the, the tribulation begins. If I tell you that, then, then I must understand that to say that that is what I believe, if I really believe it, then this is what hit me today. That 
it should cause me to live not only and view the world differently, but it will cause me to view my life differently. If I believe in a pre-trib rapture, and when I say that I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, what I'm saying is that I believe that any moment Jesus could come back. I'm saying that any moment Jesus could step out on a cloud and the church be called away. Now, if, if, I, if I go as far as to say that, I understand and, and catch this, and you might not agree with this, but, but you can email me if you don't agree with it. The rapture is not a reward necessarily of salvation. The rapture is a reward of faithfulness. Think about it. Now we know that, that the rapture wouldn't mean anything if it wasn't for salvation. I understand that. <clears throat> but the rapture is a reward for faithfulness, and we're going to see that. So if, if I... If I say that I believe in this pre-tree of rapture, it would cause me to, should cause me, and this, is, this all kind of fits in with what God has been speaking to me over the past several months about, uh, about redirecting messages and redirecting thought process and redirecting uh, uh expectations that we have as Christians uh, and, and begin to turn our expectations away from this idea that, that uh, I'm going to get the blessing here and, and all of that. And, and, and I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not talking against that. I'm talking about that we focused on what I can get from God more than we focused on what my responsibility to God is. All right? So that's, in a nutshell, that's what I'm trying to say. God's going to bless, and God's going to meet our needs, and, and we're going to see uh, miraculous things happen, but that's not why I serve God. I, I serve God because He redeemed my life from destruction. And he crowned my head with loving kindness and tender mercies. So <clears throat> that's, that's, what, that's what motivates me as a Christian, is, is that, that I've been redeemed and my motivation should be, I want you to be redeemed. All right? My motivation, what motivate or should motivate me as a Christian is what can I do to get you to recognize the beauty of relationship with Jesus Christ. How can, I, how can I love you enough that it would cause you to say, hey, how can you do that? What's causing you to be like that? And then I can say, his name is Jesus. You see, I believe we need to focus more on getting people saved, born again, and redeemed. And then let God do what God does. 
and God will bless. God, God is a God of blessing. But we've got to understand that salvation and redemption is the beginning of all of those blessings. So as I begin to think about this, this idea of the pre-tribulation rapture, God began to deal with me, and, he, and it was almost like God was speaking to me and saying, Son, do you really believe that? Do you, do you really believe that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that I can come back and, and redeem or, or snatch away <clears throat> my church? And as I began to think about that, Holy Spirit just began to flood my spirit. And he said, Son, if you believe it, if you believe that any moment, if you believe that at any moment I can come and take the church, then how are you going to live differently? How are you going to witness differently? How are you going to view that one that you drive by on a daily basis going to work or something like that and say, one day I'm going to stop and talk to them about Jesus? If you really catch this, and and I, I hate to continue to be <clears throat> circling around this. But if you really catch this, mom and dad, it will cause you to look at your children in a different way. It will cause you not to just kind of overlook things and say, oh, that's all right. Because remember, <clears throat> the rapture is not a reward for salvation, it is a reward for faithfulness, all right? You, know, you remember what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 24, <clears throat> beginning with verse 42. These are red letters that Jesus spoke, and he said, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Verse 44, therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man will come. You see how many times that word watch is used? Jesus said, watch therefore. Remember, don't forget what I'm talking about, this pre-tribulation rapture, all right? And, and it's quite possible that that this pre-tree of rapture thing is, is meaning or saying <clears throat> that Jesus is going to come back and we're going to be just going about perhaps our daily routines. Maybe we're going to be stressing about politics, stressing about our nation. Maybe we're seeing things out in the future, 
of that that really concerns us that we we really worry about uh, the future. Maybe maybe we're we're seeing things uh, out ahead of us that that causes us to stress and to worry. Maybe it worries us that that God sometimes will give people what they want. And so we worry, we're worried about stuff like that. We don't know when the trigger will be pulled that will cause the landslide to begin. But it's going to happen. So it's in the midst, perhaps it could be in the midst of some of, of, some of that, that, that Jesus says, now is the time. We might be planning to get up Saturday morning and go fishing, or we might be planning to go to the ballpark on Saturday and spend the day at the ballpark on Saturday. But Jesus says, my plan is to come and snatch my church out of here. All right? So you're going to hear more about this because I, I believe that we need to, to, we need to get the seriousness of this. We need, to, we need to grasp the seriousness of this, guys, because here's the thing, and, and cold chills ran over me when this came across my mind, uh, how awful it will be if I'm not ready when Christ raptures the church. And you say, but, but pastor, you're a pastor. And, and, and you're, you're right. But I look, at, I, look at some, I look at you and I say, you know what? They're more holy than I am. So, so that doesn't mean, position doesn't mean anything. It's, it's relationship. It's, it's relationship with Christ that, that means everything. All right? And so the, the, the thing that, that came across my spirit and I said, God, God, I just I want you to begin to show me. I want you to begin to <clears throat> to pinpoint every area in my life that would be displeasing, every area in my life that I am neglecting, every area in my life that I I have rebellion in. And he said, You don't have no rebellion, so don't worry about it. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish. But uh I think he talked with Judy or something, and she told him all my secrets. But, but anyway, but, and, I, and I began to think about that, and I said, God, change my whole mind, change my whole view of ministry, and God, bring me back to, to, to the old path of, of righteousness and holiness, and God, break this, the, all this junk off of me, 
of, of modern day uh, church and, and bring me back to a place, God, where, where I'm, I'm, I'm preaching hell hot and heaven beautiful, all right? And so, <clears throat> so as I begin to think about that and I begin to think about what Jesus said there that, that we need to watch, we need to watch, and you can see that all throughout uh, the four Gospels where Jesus was always saying to his disciples, you need to, to watch. You need to have your eyes open. You know, the, the, the ten virgins, you know, make sure the oil in you, that you have ample supply of oil. <clears throat> Don't get caught where you run out of oil. You know, the last storm that we had, and I don't even remember the name of it, but uh, I, was, I was right in the middle of COVID. I was just felt terrible, sick. The power went off, and, and uh, I told you, I said, well, we either sit here and die or I got to go down there and try to get the generator out, you know. And so, so I went down, and the generator that I've got is a, is a dinosaur that it, it weighs about 499 pounds. And, and so I had to get my little tractor out and hook it up and, and, and boom it up and bring it up to the house and got all of it done, man. I felt so bad. I just felt terrible and didn't have any energy. And I rolled back down the hill and got some gas and brought it up there and filled it up and and got it all set up, went got all my cords and stretched them out in the house and, and all that and got it all set up. And I started pulling on that thing, and I pulled and I pulled. There wasn't a spark of fire nowhere around it. So <clears throat> to be honest with you, I pitched a little fit in the backyard, throwed my cords down on the ground and, and kicked the generator and walked in the house and say, if it ruins, it'll ruin. I'm not fooling with it no more. But in that, I thought about I was not prepared for the storm. And, and so Jesus constantly warns us to be prepared, to be watchful, to keep our eyes open. So in Revelation 4 and verse 5, or chapter 4 and chapter 5, when we pick up on chapter 5, and I'm, uh, chapter 5 is really... Uh, really that, that transitional chapter uh, in the book of Revelation. And uh, I'm <clears throat> it's, it's just such a powerful chapter. But uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and, and verse 16, uh, you know, Paul said this, he said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Uh, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, shall be caught up. And if you look at that word caught up in the Greek, it simply means snatched, snatched away. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a word that, that lets us know that like that it's going to happen. They're going to be caught up. And uh, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And um, 
so shall we ever be with the Lord. But the reason I read that is that the teaching of the rapture of the church should bring comfort to us. It's not meant to, to bring fear upon us. The only fear that, that could come through uh, uh, the idea of the rapture is that I'm not ready. I'm not rapture ready. All right? So get rid of the fear and get rapture ready. All right? Make sure your generator will crank before the storm comes. All right? Don't wait till the, till the trees have all blown down and, and you're sitting out in the middle of the yard with nothing before you try your generator. Amen, oh me, oh my. All right? So, uh, but, but Paul said, comfort one another with these words. What words? The fact that there's going to be a day that the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be snatched away, caught up together with him or with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Comfort one another with these words. I can't tell you how many times I've stood at a grave site and, and read this verse and spoke this verse and never really comprehended and caught what I was saying. But thank God that, that he's brought me back to a place to where I will never read these words again without the, the understanding of what I am really saying. It brings comfort. It brings comfort to know that there's going to be a day before all hell breaks loose on this earth, that there's going to be a day that Jesus is going to descend out of heaven and with the sound of that uh, archangel, the trumpet of God, that's going to sound and we are going to be caught away. We're going to be snatched away. And you can see that even in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9 uh, again where God said in verse 9 or, or Paul said in verse 9 that God has not appointed us to wrath. The, the tribulation, the seven years of tribulation is going to be the wrath of God that's going to be poured out on a rebellious generation of people. But Paul plainly tells us that God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he says, Who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, as even as you also do. He said, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to, to obtain salvation. And in uh, Revelation chapter 5, uh, or chapters 4 and 5, we see the worship of the church in heaven. And the church has completed its mission on earth. And now <clears throat> the 20, excuse me, the 24 elders 
are now going around the throne saying, You are worthy, uh, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. And uh, we see in chapter 5 where they're singing the song that only the redeemed can sing. And that lets us know that there's got to be uh, a, a, a people there that have been redeemed. Who else could it be but the church? Who else could it be but the saints of God that are, that are gathered around the throne of grace and they're singing that song that they are the only ones that can sing it. And then uh, we leave chapter 5 and we go into chapter 6. And chapter 6 through chapter 19 is the tribulation all the way through to the last part of chapter 19. The wrath of God is poured out upon a, uh, on a earth, uh, a group of people on earth that have rejected Jesus Christ. They've chosen to live lives of rebellion and sin. And during this seven years of judgment, the judgment of God, the wrath of God being released upon the earth. Now remember what we talked about uh, several weeks ago, that when the rapture takes place, one of the, one of the things that's going to happen is when the church is taken away, Holy Spirit is going to also be taken away. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine living your life without Holy Spirit? And so <clears throat> the tribulation is going to, to begin in chapter 6 uh, as, as uh, we see in chapter 5 where the seals are being broken and uh, those seals are going to uh, begin uh, the, the tribulation in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 21, uh, Jesus said, For then shall be great uh, tribulation uh, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And Jesus said, Except those days, talking about the days of tribulation, uh, should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And if you look and study uh, that word elect, you'll, get to, you'll understand that it's talking about uh, the Jewish people uh, and, and so uh, the nation of Israel. And so then at the end of chapter 19 on through chapter 20, the Lord Jesus Christ returns to earth. He puts his feet on earth for the second coming of Christ. And guess who's coming with him? Uses. Y'all. Those that have been redeemed are going to be by the Father's side. And we're coming back. And he will establish his earthly kingdom. And he will go into the city of Jerusalem and rule and reign there for a period of a thousand years, which is the millennial reign, known as the millennial reign of Christ. And he will reign there for a thousand years. And then, uh, to make a long story short, at the end of that uh, 
thousand years. We move over into chapters 21 and 22, and we see the new heavens and the new earth coming down out of heaven. And uh, the angels, which uh, had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, talked with John and saying, Come hither, and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. What a beautiful sight that's going to be. And he carried him away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed him that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Revelation 22, John got to see that beautiful, pure river of water of life, clear as crystal that was proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And he saw the, the street in the midst of it, and on either side of the river was tree was the tree of life, which bore 12 manner of fruits year-round, yielded her fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. That's what John saw in Revelation 22. So that's just a, it was supposed to be a brief chronological run-through. Uh, but I, I added a little bit to it. But So we see by that, it's just kind of a quick flyover. And so... I want to. I want to pick up. Uh, I've got some things that I want to uh, preach on concerning uh, Revelation chapter five, uh, and and Lord's willing, we're going to begin to deal with that Sunday. And so, uh, but anyway, thank you for allowing me to do that. I know we were we kind of re- were repetitive on some things. But I needed to catch myself up, all right? So I needed this tonight. I needed just to kind of review and, and get back in the swing of things. I, I felt like a, a, <clears throat> a chicken going to a coon convention when I came in tonight. I just, just, uh, so anyway, but, uh, but I'm so glad to be back tonight. Let's, let's stand and I want us to pray tonight and just take these needs and these requests and present them before the throne of heaven. You know, the other day I was, or early one morning, I, I couldn't sleep and I was up and I was just walking in the living room praying. <clears throat> and... Um, And, and as I was praying, I, I began to just pray uh, for the church, and I just began to call. I, I started in this section over here, and, and I would just call the names of the people, and I went all the way through the church just praying. <clears throat> and there were names that I called out uh, that morning, 1 or 2 o'clock. I don't even remember the time, but there were names that I, I was calling out and I would call those names out, and I would wonder, and I would think, God, has this individual had anybody today or this week that has called their names out before your throne? I was praying for, for, for some, some uh, of our young people and some uh, 
of our kids that don't have parents that come to church. And, and as I would call their names, I was thinking, God, has anybody presented them before your throne today? That's a big deal, guys. Because literally what you and I do when we call somebody's name, when I pray for Jesse Bohannon and Sister Debbie, don't get offended, brother, that I didn't call you brother and I called her sister. But, but when I pray for you guys, you know what I'm doing? I am literally taking you and putting you up before the throne of grace. And I'm saying, God, look at these two. God, I want you to look at these because this is what they're going through. And so as I pray for them, I'm setting you up before the throne of, God, of grace. So think about that as we pray tonight. Think about it as you pray in your, in your daily prayer time. Because very likely, you are going to put people before the throne of grace that if you don't do it, they will never get presented before the throne. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, God, we come tonight thanking you for your goodness, for your mercy that you've shown us. Thank you, Father, for your unconditional love, your faithfulness to us. Thank you, Father, tonight that your word is a lamp and a light. God, thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit that you've given to us that brings correction, that brings direction, and that brings vision, that brings revelation, that empowers us. Father, we're so grateful tonight, God, to be able to stand here in this place tonight and look to you that we can, Father, you said that we can boldly come before the throne of grace <clears throat> and that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, we come tonight. We don't come because we've done anything to deserve your grace. We don't come because we've worked hard to merit such a blessing. Father, we come tonight knowing that even while we were in our sins, you died, Lord Jesus, for us. And, and Father, so therefore we come tonight in humility. And Father, we present these needs before the throne. We lay these needs before the throne of grace. And Father, we thank you tonight that, Father, according to your word, that every prayer that comes through the lips of the righteous Father, is caught and placed in a, in a bowl in heaven. That, Father, that not one prayer is wasted, but God is caught, and you remember those prayers, Father. So, Lord, tonight we present Sister Tammy's sister Kim uh, before the throne of grace. We thank you tonight that you've already seen her need, Lord. We present John Brown to you tonight before the throne of grace, Pastor John Brown, God. And Father, thank you tonight, Lord, that, Father, you've already seen 
his need. We pray for rain tonight. God, we put her before your throne. We lay her there, God, and I thank you tonight, God, that you are moving in her body even right now. We pray for Mr. Stinson, Jay's family. God, that you would comfort them and strengthen them, Father. We put them before your throne tonight. Pray for Miss Willinette's eyes, God, that you just continue to bring healing to her. For Genesis, God, that's been missing, Lord. We pray for her, not only for her, but her family. God, that you would strengthen them, Father. Pray for Sister Diane's brother tonight. God, that you would touch him, minister to his need, Father. Father, we pray for Landra Qualls, Dad. God, that you would touch him tonight. God, he's dealing with COVID. God, that you would minister to him. Sister Rita's mom, God, and her back issues. God, that you would touch her tonight. Pray for Miss Mabel Jackson, Lord. You see her need tonight. Touch her, Father. God, she needs a miracle. Lord, bring that miracle tonight, Father. Pray for Jeff Smith, God. Thank you that, Father, you're giving sight to an eye that even the doctor said it could never happen, Father. We pray tonight, God, for Sister Debbie's unspoken request, Lord. God, that you would touch in the name of Jesus. We, <clears throat> we bring this nation, the nation of Israel, and we put them before the throne of grace. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you would move, God, and we're believing and we're thanking you tonight, God, that you're going to bless this nation. God, we're thanking you tonight, God, that you're going you're gonna to minister. You're going to bless the nation of Israel, Father. We pray for her peace. And, Lord, tonight we honor you. We give you praise, Father. And, God, tonight, Father, as a body tonight, we pray over the people of McCullough Christian Center. We pray for the men and the women, the husbands and wives. We pray for the children God, that are represented by husbands and wives in this building tonight. We pray for them, Father, that, God, that you would minister. And, God, tonight, Father, God, I pray, Father, that, God, that we would catch the vision uh, that, that we need to be about the Father's business tonight. I pray for families tonight that are dealing with, with uh, struggle, that are dealing with uh, separation, that families that are dealing with, uh, with uh, anger and, and rebellion in the family, we pray for them tonight, God, believing that you are going to begin to move in the name of Jesus. And Father, we honor you tonight. We give you praise. We give you glory in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.